Me podcast is going to the prom. Spin it again, DJ. Oh, fuck. Hopefully, this song gets a run <laughs> while we're there. We're actually going to two proms. You're in your double denim as we. Uh, no, no, no. What I've done is I've actually uh, picked up my father's uh, wedding suit. Oh, okay. It's a blue, powder blue number. Right. With some uh, wide lapels, uh, flares. I've also Excellent. borrowed his mustache and uh, sideburns <laughs> from that era. I've borrowed your brother's green suit. <laughs> <laughs> I've got one of those little cowboy lapels on, oh, um, and I've borrowed my dad's moustache and afro. <laughs> Fuck. 1980s prom. Brilliant. That's the first prom of the evening. Then what we're going to do is we're going to mix it up, and when we come, we're going to, you know, we'll chuck on a tight suit. <laughs> and afros. <laughs> yeah. We'll shave off moustaches and afros. Pour ourselves into a couple of tight suits. <laughs> And uh, then after the prom, we'll get a few whistles <laughs> and some, <laughs> and some uh, glow sticks. <laughs> and it's party time, 2008 style. So we've got a pair of proms to go to here. Mm. It's going to be a busy night. The first one, this is, our, this is the Thrilling Podcast's second double bill in a row. We had Predator 2 and Predator's last episode. This episode, we're going with Prom Night from 1980. And prom night from 2008. You're overworking me. I'm thinking of lodging at that moment. <laughs> because we've been out getting suits, finding Cumberbuns, dismally failing at asking women to go <laughs> off with us, and also looking to buy vans, fuck vans that look like they came from the A-team, <laughs> we have been unable to watch anything since. Well, I spent more on the interior of my uh, van than it cost. Yeah, true. Yeah, it requires... Um, some sort of shag pile, plus <laughs> yeah. mirrors and the like. We, we've got no recently seen. No. Okay. So we're going to go straight in. As I said, overworking me. Yeah, I'm it's not. It's not fun anymore. It's just you're just throwing out shit movies to watch and I'm saying, all right. You're really going to hold me to account I'm here. I'm going to hold you to account. We account. haven't even got to whether these movies are any good. So hold okay. your shit. Okay. Do we Let's... need to? <laughs> I'll just go ahead. I'll you what I think. Let's take a, a quick break. And then come back with 1980s prom night. I'm going to spike the punch. Everyone in the senior class has a date for prom night. But someone has come to the prom alone. Someone who watches in the empty corridors. Someone who follows, silent and unseen. Someone who waits until no one can help. Prom night. If you're not back by midnight, you won't be coming home. Rated R. Starts Friday at a theater or drive-in near you. Check your local paper for theater locations. Prom Night 1, 1980, directed by Paul Lynch. You'd know him, Jared, as a, a director of several of the episodes of the Robocop TV series mm. and one episode of the Emmy Award-winning Baywatch Nights. <sighs> Purveyor of quality Purveyor entertainment. Fine art. Fuck. Produced by Peter Simpson, who produced another slasher in the 80s called Curtains, and along with Prom Nights 2, 3, and 4. <laughs> and Richard Simpson, who also produced Curtains. Screenplay by William Gray, who wrote a, another slasher movie from the 1980s called Humongous. Yes. 
Uh, and also several episodes of Robocop's TV series. Canada's finest, mate. <laughs> anyone, anyone that had been involved in great Canadian movies got a run. Okay. This also was a screenplay from a story by Robert Gooser Jr., who was a staff writer on General Hospital in Sunset Beach. <laughs> well known for you know, quality drama, really. Yes. So great mixture. Obviously, it starred Jamie Lee Curtis um, from Halloween, True Lies and Trading Places as Kim, and Leslie Nielsen as Mr. Hammond. Obviously, Genius. we know him as Frank Drebin from the Naked Gun franchise and Mr. Magoo. No, no, just the Naked Gun. Okay. The budget is $1.6 Canadian, estimated. I don't know what that is in Australian dollar. And the box office was about $15 million worldwide, which is pretty good. For that era. Bit of trivia. Composer Paul Zaza wrote all the disco songs in five days. <laughs> you did hear some of that at the start. Five minutes. Exactly. <laughs> five well, minutes actually, I say five generous. minutes, but the song went for 20, so. Oh, shit. All right. A brief synopsis. A young girl is killed during a game which we'll get into soon, called The Killer Is Coming. Six years later, a group of girls uh, who were involved are getting ready for their prom, and they are being harassed and stalked by an unseen killer. General thoughts, Jared. This is a lot better than I remembered it. To be fair. To be fair. Yeah. I'm almost going to give it a three. Three stars. Yeah, it was a lot better than I remember. Last time I watched it, I reckon it was about ten years ago, I went through the whole Prom Night series again, and I left it, (laughs) let it lay dormant for quite some time because I was thoroughly unimpressed with the lot. But I might have to go and have a look at a couple of the other ones because I've recently uh, read some sort of reviews of part two especially that said it's definitely worthwhile, and after watching this one again... I actually really enjoyed it this time around. Nice. There, there is some dud parts, but you come to expect that from a lot of these 80 slashes. We didn't, we didn't get them being overly intelligent or, or offering a whole lot more than, than stalk and slash. And we got it in this one, and it was pretty good hmm. at times. There are some dud parts, and there are some parts that have aged terribly. Yes, but I think overall it was it was quite well made. Um, and the story sort of, although simple, holds up. Yeah. I, I'd give it two and a half. I agree with you. It's far better than I remember. My problems with it are exactly what you kind of said. It's got these really dud parts. Some real cheese is being ladled on. But it actually is a bit of a slow build, which is what I liked. It had a, a, I kind of described it as a mix between Halloween and Black Christmas. Mm. It had that sort of vibe and that aesthetic, and it worked because it was a slower build, and the idea of the menacing stalker character who also spoke, you know, rang them and the like, yeah. it added an extra layer for me. It's by no means fucking brilliant. It's not, never going to be an Oscar winner or anything, but it's far superior than I anticipated. Yeah. I and, recalled it being just terrible, and that wasn't the case. I just... I don't know, maybe last time around I was just not in the right frame of mind or I don't know, but it's I can see why it's got its place up there in, in the sort of... I mean, I look at it 
a prom night and a madman. I oh. take prom night any day of the week. Any day of the week. Any day of the week. And madman, yet madman seems to have a, a much higher. I think we're still in the minority with madman. Yeah, we are. Which oh, again, <laughs> again, people, you know. Entitled to their opinion, and it seems that there's a, there's a fair bit of groundswell on Mad Men. Maybe there's more about prom night, more people out there that like prom night than we know, but yeah. it just doesn't seem to get the kind of raves that Mad Men got. No. I remember when, when I was first getting into slashes, it always came up, but now, these days, it doesn't get brought up quite so often. No. Um, in the in the sort of good slashes of the time. Something like Mad Men gets talked about far more often, and I... I don't really see why. I think this one, probably upon review, it really has something to offer. Well, I, th- I think I might know why it's sort of out of the mix, but I'll get to that later. Let's get into the likes. Mm-hmm. The start of the film, where they're in the abandoned school and they're playing the game and the young kids are running around, it is kind of eerie. Yeah, the, the, the setting. The, yeah, looks... the setting's kind of, it looks really good. Yeah. I don't know what the, you know, I don't know the ins and outs of how they made it, but it looks like they legitimately found an abandoned building, yeah, or something along those lines, and it looks, it's it does it has an eerie sort of vibe about it, and it kind of gets the movie off to a decent start, yeah. Add to that the phone calls, which were another big thing for me. All the phone calls from the killer, where he's sort of you know <laughs> <laughs> talking about playing games or something, yes. Really kind of creepy. Yeah. And, and, and I, li- I like the voice and everything. Although I've got to say, now you're, <laughs> he had a list of five girls, okay? Yes, yes. Now, there was guys I, in there too. And guys, I could see maybe the first two picking up. Yeah. <laughs> but surely at one stage, you're going to get the ring, ring, hello. Oh, is, um, <laughs> is Kim there? No, 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 she's not here at the moment. Oh, okay. Can I leave a message? Yeah, can you just let her know, I'm coming for you. I'm about to play a game for you. Is that all? Yeah, that's it. Yeah. You could really, yeah. He, he's bat, He's surely not batting a thousand on those. No. He was going to miss at some point. Yeah, yeah, he's, yeah. Yeah, I've just, look, I've left you a message. Yeah. Look, I just like to think, hey, he, he just got lucky. He just he just struck it lucky for that particular week when he got he got all five of them. Although I believe hit. one of them doesn't pick up. No, one of, yeah, one of them leaves it. Yeah. Let's it through to the keeper. So the answering machine picks it up. So the answering machine says, picks it up. Uh, oh, can you fuck. leave a message? <laughs> All right, yeah, I'll just do okay. it anyway. <laughs> We're going to play a game. Yes, who wants to play a game? <laughs> Jamie Lee Curtis always impresses in these sorts of movies. Yeah. I don't know what it is um, because I believe this one's one of her lesser she, she's not a big fan of this one. She sort of saw this as more of a paycheck. Yeah. Just sort of, you know, going through the motions, looking, you know, picking up jobs. Yeah, which is, I mean, I can I can probably see that. But if you look at the performances, uh, I don't think it's anywhere near in the league of Halloween. But as a performance, you can tell she's far more sort of self-assured than she was in Halloween. Like, yeah. you can see the experience, perhaps, that she's a bit more yeah. comfortable in front of the camera. And... It could just be that that's the kind of like the the mark the, the showing that she was a, a really good professional actress back even back then. Yeah, or it could came, just be that, like you were saying, she didn't give a shit. So she yeah. <laughs> well, it could also be that the no the, the other actors were a bit of a lower tier, almost. Mm. But maybe it is just the, the fact that she's a very always been a professional, very you know, 
good actress who always came and did her best, you know. Yeah. Uh, so she, she doesn't disappoint here. Alongside Leslie Nielsen, that's tough. You know, you got Leslie Nielsen <laughs> beside you. <laughs> yeah, it's a tough one. It's a tough uh, call to make there. That was uh, I, Leslie Nielsen was kind of a like for me because every time he sort of rocked up, all I could think about was Drebin. Could you expect your day call me Shirley? Yeah, but, you know, there was even parts where, if I recall correctly, there was parts where he had a, you know, it was voiceovers. Yeah. There was definitely parts where other characters had voiceovers in their head, and I think there was one where he had it, and all I could think about was Naked Gun where he had voiceovers, and he was saying <laughs> things like like a, like a blind man in an orgy. I was going to have to feel my way. And, you know, like a midget at a urinal. I was going to have to be on my toes. And it was kind of the same sort of, Scenario where he could say something like that, but yet it was serious. Of, yeah. It was meant to be serious. It was quite, you couldn't take it seriously. Oh, I, all I could think about was him busting out some sort of line like that. Yeah, look, the the the, the shadowy sort of killer sort of stalking them. And I said this before about the phone calls and the there, there's a there's this point where each of them gets their yearbook photo in their locker and it's cut up or it's got yeah. a piece of glass in it. And then there's a couple of scenes where the killers kind of. Stalking them, smashing mirrors nearby, and all that kind of stuff. Yes, that's quite effective in that yeah, first is. half hour. It, it builds a little bit of suspense, yeah. and it makes you think, okay, they're being closely watched and monitored. And it has a Halloween feel, yeah, but it's got a mystery element. You're not actually sure who it is. Yes, which was, I, I kind of like that. There was definitely, you know, you can see the the trademarks of Halloween and and that sort of thing. All over it. Oh yeah, um, but it is—it's done quite well. It is yeah. quite effective, and like you said, Black Christmas with the phone calls and that sort of thing as well. Yeah, and and, and I think it helps to make the killer seem more real and a bit yeah. more human. And there are some points in the film where the killer doesn't just rock up and kill somebody; they get kind of outsmarted or knocked over or whatever. Yeah, and that gives it a human element that it is somebody who's not a. Experienced killer or something, yeah. Yeah, well, that was something I noticed when, especially uh, when you look at something like <clears throat> the bit where the girl's getting chased through the gym, you see the guy sort of putting in, you see him struggling, you see him sort of breaking out into a sprint and tripping <laughs> over things and stuff. And yeah, like you said, it, it, it took it out of that sort of boogeyman element that Halloween had or that, you know, sort of supernatural vibe that someone yeah. like Jason got to. And it was legitimately just a bloke in a costume. Yeah, and I like that. And, I and on that. The, you know, when he was chasing the van down and hanging off the door and stuff, Yeah, you know, they didn't try to make it something other than a person trying to do this. And I guess the luxury of 1980, we hadn't got to supernatural murderers and, and you know, Jason being unkillable and all that. We hadn't actually got yeah, to that exactly, yet, so it kind exactly. of fits nicely into 1980. But, I mean, what I'm saying is, you know, you have Halloween. Halloween already did that. Halloween yeah. had a, you know, even though Michael hadn't quite got to ridiculous levels, he did have that supernatural kind of tone by yeah. the, they Never clearly tried yeah. to make him the boogeyman. They're calling him the boogeyman yeah. and that sort of thing. And then the ending. So, yeah, the fact that it veered away from that, it, it – did work in its favour. Exactly. There's actually a couple of quite effective kills, mm. two in particular. It, look, it's not big on kills, this movie, but when they do them, they get them pretty right. Yeah. Uh, the girl in the van, where he opens the door and her head she falls back and so her head's exposed and he stabs her in the throat. Yeah. That works well. Lou getting beheaded. Mm. Befitting of Lou. <laughs> we'll get into him in a bit. <laughs> They both are effective scenes, and they actually, yeah. and it's actually another thing that I like about this movie is it actually builds. Yes. It's not your classic. 
will need a murder every f- ten minutes. No, it it, it, it takes starts off slowly builds it, it builds the tension with all the phone calls and everything. Yeah, then and it suddenly we get prom night, yeah prom basically. night. Then we get two or three murders on the trot right down yeah. the back end. Yeah, and I think it works well like that. It actually is a really well, surprisingly well paced movie. Yes, for a, certainly for a slasher film that that wasn't trading on num- numerous you know big body count. Mm. It wasn't sort of trading on that. Yep. I actually thought, and I'm not sure how you felt about it, but the actual ending and the reveal of who the killer is and and the way all that's shot, it's kind of got a bit of a haunting sort of feel about it. Yeah, I actually, I was quite impressed by that. Yeah. It was actually sort of touching, dare I say. Yeah, touching. <laughs> I mean, do we spoil it for the people out there? Well, I mean, we've spoiled every other movie we've talked about. Yeah. So why not? Okay, the killer is actually Jamie Lee Curtis's brother. Yes. And Jamie Lee Curtis and him, it was their sister who fell out the who window died, when, yeah. when she was young. And he stumbled across it after it had happened, yeah, so he, he knew just, who was there playing the game. Yeah. And so um, he snapped and gone a bit. Yeah. Um, started crying. Yeah, it was a bit sad, you know. Yeah, it was a bit sad when you, when when the ending actually came around and she figured it out. Yeah. And then she was the one to unmask him and he was sort of crying and stuff like yeah, that. Yeah. yeah, it was... Obviously, it wasn't something that was largely developed over the movie. But no. when it actually when it actually happened at the end, it was effective. Because as a, as as the brother kind of goes missing, yeah, the stretches. And I mean, if you if you're really keeping tabs of who's around and who's, you're probably pegging him. You, you can peg him as one of the people doing it. I mean, or one of lose hands. Well, look, yeah, well, look, Leslie Nielsen's not breaking into a breaking into a stride like that without making some sort of silly comment about it or farting or something. Yeah, something exactly. Ridiculous. So yeah, I mean, you can if you're really sort of tracking that along. It's not the mystery's not going to sort of blow you away. The twist isn't going to no. blow you away. But like you said, the strength is. When they do the reveal, it's kind of it is kind of touching and it's a bit sad. Yeah, and you don't sort of you know you, you actually feel for the killer in a way. A little bit, yeah. And I think that's effective an effective way to end the movie. Uh, I believe it doesn't really open it up for a sequel, but they did make a sequel, which was more of a supernatural. I believe I believe the the others were more supernatural based. Uh, second one was supernatural, and then so the was third, third one I, I believe was a comedy. Was a Almost a horror comedy right. sort of. I have to find that set up. Well, I've seen it. Okay. And then the fourth one went straight, went back to serious, and it was a priest that oh, was okay. killing people and stuff. Right. Okay. The dislikes. There's a mixture of things about the dislikes. Some of it's just purely technical. Some of it's yeah. Some purely of it's age. shit and age. <laughs> Some of it is just pure laughs. Yes. The first thing I the first problem I had is the movie is incredibly murky. The actual film footage. Uh, it kind of looks like the lens has been dunked in a fucking tub of KY jelly. <laughs> it's really kind of... The old Vaseline on the lens. Yeah, too. I think they've overvast. <laughs> it's just very, very... Um, it looks kind of dirty. Yeah, look, at points, I thought that was a bit of, a, yeah. bit of an issue. I don't, it's not a major issue all the time. No. But it just sticks out a couple of times and yeah, it's quite... Yeah. Um, it does stick out on a couple of... Maybe it's a budget thing. Maybe it's a film stock thing, yeah. It, they weren't working with a lot, but honestly, it looks it looks really dirty at times, and I think that's a, a hindrance to the movie. It's not a clean and crisp. Something like Friday the Thirteenth, for instance, which is around this movie's ilk and time, 
Friday the 13th does have a cleaner look in the way it's yeah. shot and everything like that. Don't forget, you did watch that on Blu-ray. I did. And not YouTube. Yeah, true. <laughs> but it was in high, it was in high def. Fuck. What more do you Maybe want? Maybe had buffering issues or something. Shit. <laughs> All right. Yeah, admittedly. Is that they even put this you shit on YouTube, on Blu-ray? <laughs> Uh, probably not. Or, or someone would have. Or you might be able to get a four box video cassette. Yeah, set. yeah. The killer is coming. The game they're playing. Mm. Come on, come on, kids. Whatever happened to tips? Yeah. Or fucking, if you want to ramp it up and add a bit of pain to the mix, game of brand, you <laughs> probably do it. Yeah. Not this bloody psychological yeah. torture and then fucking you know yeah, harassing and psychological harassment. Harass you until you jump out a window. Well, That's... fuck. She backs up. She has no right to go out that window. <laughs> she just keeps backing upwards and upwards onto a fucking concrete box or something yeah, that yeah. leads to the window. But I would have thought once she sort of leapt up onto the windowsill, you'd say, oh, Ooh, fuck, okay, look, the fuck, killer's guys, here. Let's just kill us here. Game's over. Yeah. Or, but no, 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 the killer's coming, killer's coming. Uh, Jesus, come on, kids. <laughs> My thinking is they should have had someone push her. It would, it would yeah, have, it would have probably meant worked more out. Re- real. Well, yeah, something like that or... Accidentally, you know, or somebody you know, somebody else comes around the corner and scares her, not knowing that you know something like that. It, c- it could have worked a bit better. She shits herself. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> right. that what you're saying? Yeah, yeah, something like that. Or maybe you know Leslie Nielsen walking to the scene and accidentally bumping someone, and so he goes, oh, and then there's like a domino effect, and shit yeah, yeah, falls, yeah. falls out the window, and then he sort of walks out, and you know. Says, <laughs> Someone, yeah. <laughs> no, here's, here's my business card. Give me a call. If, you know, you need more help or something like that. Um, but, it's a shit of a game. Oh, shit of a game. <laughs> <laughs> Who cooks this shit up? These yeah. kids are about 12. Yeah. Fuck. Psychological, my ass. <laughs> <sighs> um, Bunch of little pricks, they are. Leslie Nielsen in a horror movie. Oh, we've yeah. already touched on this. And this it is a retro. This is a retrospective. Obviously, yeah, yeah. Because obviously later on we get airplane yeah. flying high. Because for what the majority of his career he was a serious actor. Was he? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he had a lengthy career. He had a lengthy career before uh, before the Naked Gun movies and the airplane. But he did have a thirty year spoof. Career. Yeah. Well, partly some of it was because he was partially deaf, wasn't it? Was it? Didn't they say that because he couldn't hear you through one ear, his sort of deadpan reactions were just <laughs> what he'd give you? <laughs> I, 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 I assumed he was blind at some of the scripts he's fucking agreed to be in over the years. Because apart from the naked gun films, he was he, he did not have a high hit rate. Look, wrongfully accused. Oh, that's a, that's a gem. But other than that, he, he struggled. Yeah. He just doesn't airplane, come across, airplane. other than the airplane... He doesn't come across as credible. No, as but a, like I said, but again, yeah, it's looking for. Back. Yeah, we, we seem. I mean, we know him as nothing other than Lieutenant Frank Trevor, you know. So it's very difficult to look back at him and take it take it all seriously. Yeah, and because that was to, to our generation. That's all he was. We never that saw scene him where he's talking well. to the two kids who had the fight. Yeah. Fucking laughable. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I just started peeing my pants. Again, all, all I could think of was when he's getting the talking to him, naked gutter, he's like, Frank, you're soft with a concrete dildo. What were you doing in that? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, just, I couldn't, couldn't, couldn't help but giggle as he tried to. Yeah, even when he recites this line where he goes, 
So you thought that because I'm the boy's father, I'd go easy on him? Well, you thought, right. <laughs> <laughs> I just started laughing. What was the Shoot yourself in the head three times. <laughs> Stop. It's a trick. Shoot yourself in the head to signal yes. There's a couple of... <laughs> this is where we get into sort Literally. of comedic territory. Is... The girls have always all paired up with blokes, right? Mm. So Jamie Lee Curtis, of course, she's the she's the sort of hero. She's paired up with the nice guy. Yeah. Her one of her other mates are paired up with quite frankly some of the biggest dickheads to to ever roll out in a horror film. They could have made our list. Oh shit! Our eight biggest dicks in horror films. Yeah. Could have got a couple. Couple of extras after this movie. Oh. There's one guy who, uh, one of the girls, I don't remember her name off the top of my head, but she's supposed to be uh, looking to lose her virginity mm. on prom night yes. with a guy who looks like some, he's like an ex member of Warren. <laughs> yeah, six or seven years before Warren existed. <laughs> There's a scene where she gets the phone call. Yeah, you know, the leering vocal. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he rings up and says, I want to play games. <laughs> and she gets all, she fucking hangs up in a flustered, you know, sort of, oh, jeez. And the boyfriend's there. And he says, what, what's happened? She says, oh, someone's been ringing up and being sort of lewd, <laughs> yeah, what have you. And his comment is, I bet that makes you horny, doesn't it? <laughs> I bet it turns you on. Yeah, I bet it turns you on. Oh, in come what? On. <laughs> In what world are you coming up with that call? <laughs> Is that right really the time? Could you roll that out later perhaps? <laughs> yeah, yeah. You know, oh, I, you know, a couple of hours have gone past. You're able to say, listen, I know that was tough, but I bet you that got you off though. Look, the bloke's obviously sort of self-assured. He's, he's putting his... Um, He's putting his preferences out there or something. He gets, you know, he gets the window of opportunity where she says, oh, there's a pervert on the phone that's called me. And he thinks, bam, I can sort of throw out that I'm a pervert at the same time. Hey, I better turn you off, didn't I? Uh, no. I was surprised you didn't go, look, I've been being harassed by a, a dirty pervert in phone call. Oh, that was just me. Yeah, <laughs> yeah sorry. Yeah, yeah. I was just in the other room. I was ringing oh, you. Yeah, yeah, it's pretty ordinary. But he also... um. Later on in the film, he try that they're sort of getting, you know, it's her first time. Yeah. <laughs> Rather than going to a hotel, <laughs> they decide that the dirty, sticky locker room <laughs> at the school is the best place for this. And you know the sort of the benches where there's not enough room. You barely squeeze, <laughs> barely squeeze one person on there, let alone two <laughs> laying down. <laughs> and of course, she gets cold feet just before. Things are really starting to ramp up. And, of course, he he does his usual shtick and gets the shits. And yeah. I'm surprised he doesn't say, do you want me to get on the other end of the phone? I'm going to play a game. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, hang on, hang on. I'll just see. I'll make a couple of lewd phone calls. That should get you, uh, get you in the mood. <laughs> um, then there's the other, the, one of the other girls has a, um, has a sort of a slobbish boyfriend who drives a truck. Yeah, he drives a van. Yeah. He's sort of driving the shagging wagon, so to speak, mm. and smoking yeah. pot, I believe they're smoking yes. pot. that's right. Uh, she's the one who cops it in the neck. Yep. Uh, and that's, yeah, that's a pretty decent scene. Mm. Uh, one negative from that scene is when the truck goes over the cliff or the, 
The van goes <laughs> over the cliff. It, it, it's sort of going outwards away from the cliff. It just clips the front of the cliff. Yeah. Cliff by its, like its bumper. Yep. And, of course, the back end of it just explodes yeah. into a fucking... It's uh, obviously Craig Baxley was <laughs> Baxley was involved because yeah the front, setting up charges yeah, yeah, yeah. it's flipping over and it just taps the taps the front of the car and the back end just blows out <laughs> the whole car just fucking explodes yeah. very very Baxley heavy mm. now Lou yeah, let's get to Lou to, getting back to the boyfriend yeah I mean if you thought the worst that we could get was some grub that. <laughs> Some grub that was trying to buddy <laughs> yeah. up with a dirty phone call. Or, oh, yeah, yeah, man, that turned you on. What do you um, reckon, hey? Lou. Should we head upstairs. Lou's. <laughs> <laughs> oh, has that got you excited? Yeah, look, let's go upstairs. Um, Lou's the top of the tree. Now, Lou's not actually dating anyone. Yeah. <laughs> well, um, <laughs> Hell, he's I mean, trying geez, he's to f- fuck everybody. <laughs> we nicknamed him Lou Glazer, didn't we? Yeah, I mean, Lou would fuck a hole in the wall <laughs> if, he could, if, if it was there. And Lou's this classic guy. He's in mega tight pants with a slight flare. Slight. Plus, so slight. he's got his shirt unbuttoned at the belly button. Something like that. And he's always got his hands on hips. Yeah, and he's he's... Leering. <laughs> Anytime there's a girl in the scene, he is leering. There's one scene where he has a bit of dialogue, sort of leers, and then lingers in the background to sort of take a few more steps and leer again <laughs> before he actually leaves. He's gone for the pattern of double leer. <laughs> he slaps an ass or two, I think, as well. He forcibly, he, he kisses someone without forcibly. Yeah, forcibly without yeah. consent. Yeah, yeah. Lou is a grade A bully, pervert. And fucking arsehole. <laughs> He's all mixed up in one package. There is also a very funny scene where him and the brother engage in a bit of a fist fight. They roll around a little bit. And then as they're dragging Lou off, he seems to have peed himself or shat himself. <laughs> He's like a, like a really large, <laughs> wet sort of patch right in his ass. Yeah. Now, I can't assume it's from rolling around on the floor. No. Well, but it doesn't we said, look good. No, well, like we said, when your pants are that tight, it's easier to just piss yourself <laughs> than it is to get the jaws of life out and get your strides off, basically. And, look, his cock's probably sort of meat and potato style, so <laughs> <laughs> he's probably, it's down, it's, it's gone it's down. It's gaffer tight to the leg. <laughs> <laughs> so as not to get in the way of the jeans. <laughs> There's not not a lot of room in there. There's not a lot of room. Case in point, Lou turns up to the prom with a a suit jacket. Yeah. Still got the jeans on. Yeah. Obviously couldn't get out of him. <laughs> yeah, the emergency services were busy. Been <laughs> a busy night, mate. I couldn't, couldn't, couldn't get spare ten minutes to get his pants off. <laughs> That, that was can't... great though because not only did he strut in, in those pants and you were like, well, he couldn't get them off, could he? But <laughs> his, his cronies, <laughs> his henchmen, his henchmen came in in the uh, in the classic um, tuxedo t-shirts. <laughs> and one of the guys has got like the he's got massive arms. He's got little. He's got the shirt basically up to about there. 
yeah. his shoulder, and he is just constantly in flex mode. Yeah. <laughs> Every time he's he crossing him, his yeah. arms. And... <laughs> oh, he's just these guys are just dickheads. I must admit, the stuff about the escaped mental patient. This is what I think hurts the plot. Yeah. Is that the escaped mental patient stuff? Basically, the fallback thing was the kids didn't say anything about the death of the young girl who fell out the window. And so they basically arrested a guy, a mental patient who had some problems, who'd been hovering near the area. They arrested him and he got charged. Yeah. Now, he's suddenly escaped. Yep. And there's a whole subplot involving his escape and... Yeah. It's just useless. It, it doesn't... It kind of doesn't help the mystery. It doesn't... And the guy hanging around. Yeah. Well, like... the, 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 is that the sleazy or the... The weird janitor, janitor type, yeah. Yeah. The couple of red herrings. Yeah, that they're just, just they're just shit. Yeah. Well, the janitor especially is just ridiculous. But yeah, like you said, they they put that whole subplot in there to throw you off, and it's kind of it sort of doesn't. Yeah. Because you're just like this is it's, it's a bit of nothing really. So you're right. It sort of detracts from the main story. Yeah, exactly. Now I'll tell you what detracts from the main story. Lose pants. Other than Lou's fucking <clears throat> painted on a stride. No, the thing that distracts the most is a five-minute disco dancing <laughs> sequence to the song we heard at the start of the show. It goes for the full five. You get the whole song. Oh, it seems to go forever. And, and you some get, of the dance moves. Oh, you get top to bottom. You get the A to Z of the disco dance move book, basically. You know what it reminded me of? That scene in Flying High where she flashes back to where she met Ted Stryker and they're having that dancing fucking thing in to Saturday Night Fever. Oh, jeez. Oh, it reminded me of that. Yeah. This is the, the bloke's doing these weird moves with his arms. <laughs> he's sort of like doing this sort of shit. What, what would you call he's it? Sort look, of he's hand swimming. Hand dives and he's swimming. Knees up. Knees up. <laughs> knees up. Uh, there's a little bit of, it's, oh, I don't know, it's almost like circus clown material. There's, there's a hand giving a bit of spirit fingers up high and a leg kicking down low. There's all sorts of business. And, and they're doing it sort of mirroring each other. Mm. It's just, quite frankly, as shit. You said, <laughs> uh, as you said, about three minutes in, you just sort of turned around and said, was disco ever in? Look, the problem... <laughs> Really? Disco had a small but rabid following. I tell you, that scene had aged 20 minutes after it had come out. Let me tell you something, mate. Disco may not have quite been dead, but it was fucking mortally wounded (laughs) at that stage. And this is the reason why I believe this movie's not held up in the same esteem, is because it's got that kitschy cheese element of disco yeah. that is just so fucking out of date. It's got a few more of those trademark things where you just look at it and say, this is 80s. Yeah, yeah. Even something like Halloween, you get a few few moments where you see this is not the world that you know today, mm. but for the majority of the movie, it's still sort of classic It's storytelling. It's still... Holds up. Well, Halloween, you're in suburbia. Yes, they had no mobiles. Yes, we had none of this sort of shit. And nobody's turning on their record player with, hey, (laughs) disco tunes or anything like that. This, if anything, we get something like what, Don't Fear the Reaper, which is still a song that, you know, you get it covered today and it still sounds like a sort of contemporary song in some way. And that's the problem that this movie's got and why it's not held up in the same 
high esteem as some of these other ones is because that that specific section and the music from the movie are just so age-defying. Yeah. You know exactly what era you're in. But it, it also sort of... It's present throughout the whole second half of the movie. Yeah. Because every time you cut back from a kill, you cut to the disco scene and you just get blokes with dirty moustaches <laughs> busting out these disco yeah, yeah. moves. And like, if you look closely, avid viewers, keep an eye on your background players. Yeah. Because there's plenty of fucking goals in amongst all <laughs> yeah. that. There's guys doing weird moves. There's some guys who don't realise there's a camera there. Yeah. <laughs> As we said, the old funny or dice kid, plenty of guys with the, where'd you get your moustache? I <laughs> oh, used to be French. <laughs> you know, this guy, and they're cutting, the, you know, they're throwing the arms up. Yeah, yeah. Everybody's, look closely at the dancing. It's yeah. a cornucopia of comedic gold. Yes. But it dates this movie. Savage. Incredibly. Um, same with the the prom dress J.B. Lee goes with. That's yeah. one of my favourites. You look beautiful. Honest to goodness, she looked like <laughs> a bag of shit. <laughs> looked like one of those dolls you used to put over a toilet roll. Yeah. <laughs> a toilet, toilet roll. cover. <laughs> she looks awful. <laughs> she does. And that's, you know, it's not a negative on Jamie Lee Curtis. It's the simple fact is that the prom dress they give her is just terrible. Sign of the times. Yeah. <clears throat> so there are a couple of bits that really hurt this movie, and this is one of them. Yeah. The one last thing that I didn't like, I liked the idea of the killer clad in all black mm. and the balaclava, but it was glitterized. You look like a <laughs> fucking disco ball. Oh, shit, mate. It's prom night. <laughs> Had to get dressed up. Yeah, he thought, look, I can come in all black, like some sort of fucking arm robber. Yeah. Or I can just sprinkle a little bit of glitter in there. Oh, look. Well, you know, when Bigger the dis- touch of the theatrical. When the, the disco bit. ball hits... I want to be shimmering. I want to be shimmering. I want to look my best here. They just want to be so, you know, I don't want to be in fading into the background. No, no, I, I need to stick out. Yeah, exactly. That's pretty much covered it? Pretty much covered it. I think yeah. we had a lot more dislikes to talk about, but overall I'm a lot more positive about the movie. No, I, look, I think the movie is a fine example of the 80s slasher. Yeah. And when you you know when you go back to look at these, you've got to take a bit of those as part and parcel. But it is fun to yeah. sort of point them out and have a bit of a laugh about them. Yeah, I must admit, you have to let some of that stuff slide if you're going to enjoy this movie. And yeah. I, I, I found like, that I could much like Lou. You know, obviously, um, harassment and assault was uh, far more accepted in the eighties. Yeah, 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 between him and Glazer. Yeah, shit. Imagine that. Double bill. <laughs> that fucking pair. You wouldn't want to be a woman, would yeah. you? Yeah, <laughs> Glazer Jeez. in the summer camp. Then Cousin Lou rocks up. <laughs> like he rocks up his T-bird or whatever. Yeah. His tight jeans. Oh, God. All right, let's take a break. Let's shave off the mows and pour into the tight suits mm. and come back for 2008's Prom Night remake. Get your whistle. Three years ago, this guy, he got obsessed with a young female student. He went psycho. He's been in a maximum security prison up until three days ago. Claire? I got officers down. I need backup now. Prom night 
from uh, 2008, mm. a semi-remake, quasi-fucking-reboot something. From what I read, it really doesn't have much to do with it. It wasn't necessarily a remake. Basically, just took the title. Directed by Nelson McCormick, who directed The Stepfather remake and a heap of other TV shows. Right. Shit. Doing himself proud. And then. produced by Toby Jeff, who did the Total Recall remake, I thought it Blue been. Streak and Rockstar. I thought it might have been Hefe. What? My name's Hefe. <laughs> yeah. And Neil H. Moritz, Fast and the Furious, 21 Jump Street, mm. I Am Legend. Screenplay by J.S. Cardone, who did The Slayer back in the 80s, which is surprisingly very much very similar to Freddy Krueger. Which came before Freddy Krueger too. Sniper 3 and The Covenant. Stars Brittany Snow from Pitch Perfect 1 and 2 and Hairspray as Donna Keppel. Jonathan Schatch. <laughs> or is it Schatz? I'll just go, look, I'll just go with Sketch. Jonathan Sketch. From Quarantine, Takers and Roadhouse 2 as Richard Fenton. And Scott Porter from Friday Night Lights, the TV series, Heart of Dixie and Speed Racer. He plays Bobby. The budget was $20 million and this made $57 million worldwide. Jesus. Basically, the synopsis would be exactly the same, pretty much, as the original, except that our main he- heroine, Donna, watched her parents get killed by this Phantom character. Well, there was no game. Hey? There was no game. Oh, there was no game. <laughs> So it's not quite the Okay, same. but the, the whole second half is on. The second half is just on prom. Well. It's just in this one, Fenton, Richard Fenton had become obsessed with her. Yeah. He killed her family and then got locked away and, of course, he escapes. Yes. And, of course, it's all prom night and next thing mm. you know, they're under the pump. Yeah. From Fento, who looks a little bit different now. He had a shave. Yeah, yeah, exactly. He's incognito. <laughs> Look, uh, I, I would say nothing's the same. <laughs> other than <laughs> there's a prom involved. All right. There's a problem involved. <laughs> Nothing's really the same. Let's move forward. Except maybe a few garish lights at probably. Oh, yeah. General thoughts, Jared. Uh, Score out of five. It's hard to go past the one. Yeah. Because this is, it's just terrible. Is this um, what could be commonly known as a shit fest? <laughs> yeah. Is this a hall of shame shit fest? If we were putting on a film festival called shit fest, this would be, <laughs> this would be one of the ones that was in sort of, you know, in a seven, eight o'clock at night. Slot. So right in the in the prime time. Right in the prime slot. slot. Yep. Yeah, it's just it's just so bland. Um and it tries to take it tries to take it down and, and sort of make it a PG horror for starters. But beyond that, it's just really bland. There's some real terrible examples of, of just bad dialogue and bad writing and mm. it's really hard to sort of sit it through. You're just not invested with anybody. And there's just yeah, moment after moment where you're just thinking, what what are you doing? You know? Yeah. And it's not just your classic, oh no, don't run out the yeah. don't run out the door. It's, it's just, just constantly it's, pure, it's, it's actual what plotting. Are you doing? Some yeah. of the plotting is just terrible. It's terribly and the way convenient. we get to things, yeah, it's yeah. just ridiculous. Yep. And I'm with you, one star. This is Hall of Shame. Mm. I don't have as big a d- issue with PG thirteen horror. Like no. a lot of people get up in arms about PG thirteen. If you can scare me, I don't care. So The Conjuring comes to mind. That's PG-13. Yeah. But it, it knows how to get you and get you by the balls. Yeah, but I think something like this, if you're going with this slasher, 
yeah. sort of... You bad. have to... It's a bit difficult. I mean, it's a bit difficult to deal with a, a story about a bloke getting obsessed with a high school girl and, and killing her family in a PG-13. Yeah, you need thing. to up so the just, violence a yeah, little bit. just go for the higher rating and go for the... The older age group. And this is the thing. This still would have probably made money on an R rate. Yeah. Yeah, I think it probably would have. Yeah, it's real, it's difficult. It's it's hard to watch. Bland is a really good word. And yeah. honest to goodness, listeners out there, please let me know if you managed to, you didn't feel the same way. But I was 40 minutes in and and I'm talking about sitting at home on, on my couch, nobody, no interruptions, you know, yeah. food with me. And 40 minutes in, all, all I could think of was, fucking hell, I don't know if I want to see the rest of this. Yeah. I, I kept thinking to myself, oh, you've already seen it, mate. You, you sort of know roughly what's, what happens at the end. Don't worry about it. Can I just say, this, at this point, can I just say this was your idea? <sighs> <laughs> and might I say, when I watched it, there was a couple of interruptions. It was me picking up the phone to text you and say, I hate you. You said to I me today... That this was the worst thing I'd ever done in life. <laughs> yeah. I just I did podcasting. Did. I think I said this is the worst thing you've done and then followed up with another text sort of clarifying that's in life, not just in this podcast. So, fun, so talk about harsh. Like, I, I, don't I, could think, be, I, I still don't think – can you can you say that I'm wrong? No, nah, yeah, I, I admitted. I admitted We'd after seen a this movie texts. once. We didn't need to see it again and you you sort of pushed but, it. But we, we got to dissect it here. I didn't want to. I didn't want to dissect. Come on, were there any likes? Come on. Before you fucking railroad me as as some sort of idiot (laughs) who just picked shit. I think I might just throw out there that the majority of the dud movies that we picked, they're all on your your conscience. I like to. um, (laughs) Uh, Yeah. Yeah, I like to give a nice, well rounded. Yeah. Like you say, you know, you've got to remind yourself what it's like to. What it's like to mingle with the turkeys. Yeah, before you can so fly. So you can with enjoy the, flying with the eagles. Or even if you just sort of get some air yeah. with the magpies. <laughs> you know? Fuck. Well, I think you are flying with the magpies because no. you enjoy swooping me <laughs> mercilessly with those shit films. Shit you on your head at any opportunity. <laughs> okay. okay. There was a look. There Is was there a any couple, likes here? There was a couple of likes. Okay. What are they? Just let me just let me trawl through the notes to find the, the couple of copious the copious notes. There was a couple of decent ideas. Surely not, you just <laughs> not ideas it's for the whole movie, up. but the way that they sort of put into play a couple of the classic horror elements, like which were ones? okay. Like for example, the, the the classic look out the window and see your tormentor. Standing there or whatever, and then they disappear. And the bus goes past. Yeah, that actually worked all right because she was in the hairdresser. Mm. So she had, you know, check your hair out. Here's the mirror. Bang, there he is in the mirror. That actually worked all right. Okay. You know, I can buy that. That wasn't too bad. There was a, there was a quite a good scene where he's killing, I can't remember his name. I can't remember And they keep name cutting away? To. No, no, no. And cutting back? They went to um, the first girl that's killed, right? The very first girl, her dickhead boyfriend that's been, you know. Oh, that fuck stick. Yeah, carrying on and, and uh, telling her that he doesn't want her to go to college somewhere else because she's just going to be trying to find other blokes. The usual like, bland drama to fucking And pump. look, she should be finding another bloke because he's, he's an idiot. But anyway, he goes up to talk to her and when Scatch kills him, 
as part of the PG-13 element of it, he tackles him to the floor, right? Mm, yeah. And then you see him start going at him with the knife. And there's a really cool bit where a glass, oh, through the glass yes. rolls in front of the camera and it sort of changes the perspective to make it look like it's a long way away. So it's not really cutting away from what's happening, but it's very difficult to see. Yeah. And I thought that was a really creative way to do a bit of the PG-13 stuff. You took the gore out of it by doing that sort of change of perspective, but it was very sort of natural that the glass, I mean, hotel room, glasses, yeah, natural, easy. Yeah, okay. That really worked for me. I thought that was really good. And there's just one or two of the, the standard bits where, you know, say he gets the, the master key to the hotel. Yeah. Clichéd. But okay, that worked for me. That's all right. Look, I look. I'm gonna get a little bit not really higher on this film, but I actually think the opening sequence is kind of effective. No, you're wrong. No, I'm. No, I, you're totally wrong. The, the bit where she's under the bed and he throws Mum down, and Mum sees her, and they sort of lock eyes, and they realise Mum doesn't give her up. Yeah, shit. I thought that was good. I thought that was okay. <laughs> but things descend into shit not long after that. Is that the only like you've got? No, no, I've got two others. Oh, okay. I thought I think they actually reasonably effectively, effectively capture the fun of prom night and some early montages. I think that does okay. <laughs> yeah, there was a couple. You sort of, yeah, see them hanging the out of the setting of the limo. where they're going over yeah. the bridge and stuff. That actually does. Yeah. I'm with you there. That's okay. Okay. And Sketch. I think Sketch is okay with what <laughs> he's been given. He Look. I'll At least that. he's it fucking right. experienced enough to know he just does a bit of menacing, sort of glowering, glowering at you know people and staring uh, creepily at them and all that sort of shit. He knows that that's what you're doing here, yeah. and he does his best to sell what's effectively a nothing killer. Yeah. So I give him some credit for at least having a crack. I'll give you that. I actually had... It sort of ties into the one that I was talking about with the glass, but in terms of dropping the rating and keeping the gore low, I think they actually make up for it. Uh, They try to mask it quite well. Mm. Like, you don't see the gore, but the sound effects and stuff that they use are quite sort of... Yeah. Quite, to use your favourite term, they're quite visceral and quite intense. Yeah. So just just the sort of sound effect makes you kind of shudder because it actually sounds like someone's being stabbed. Yeah. Not that I know what that sounds like, <laughs> but that's what I imagine it sounds like. I'll tell you what it like. fucking sounds like. It sounds like 90 minutes of this shit. <laughs> <laughs> yes. <laughs> if you'd um, like to hear the fucking sound yeah. getting stabbed to death. <laughs> but, I think, this uh, on. but I think um, <laughs> being that, you know, I... I'm not. I'm not a gore hound. I don't necessarily think you need to do no, gore. I think no. if there's creative ways around it, hey, I'm happy to see that. Absolutely. But I think they did a decent enough job of making that happen in this one. Not that the not that they were anything memorable or anything I'd be rushing out to watch again. But I did sort of think, okay, well that wasn't as bad as I initially recalled. That they just sort of dulled it down totally. Yeah. So I just feel that. again I'm like you. I don't see a necessity for massive amount of gore. I don't think that it's necessarily required in a horror film. But yeah. as you have strictly pointed out, Jared, you're talking about a slasher movie that 
Basically, they're using a very, very, very shitty skeleton. There's not much there, right? Yeah. So you have to give us something. Yeah. As a fan, you're either going to scare the shit out of us, mm. which slasher movies have had a notoriously awful time of not being able to do. The, yeah, the jump yeah. scares are so old hat. The yeah. old classic, open the open the um, cabinet, close, close it, it, and there's oh, someone in the shit. mirror. Or yeah. we'll do the fucking switcheroo. We won't yeah. have someone in the mirror, but then they'll turn around and run into someone. Yeah. And quite frankly, this girl, <laughs> the fucking main girl, straight into the dislikes, the well, main girl has a problem with having been stalked and watched her parents killed, but her friends are consistently fucking coming up behind her <laughs> and scaring the living shit out of her. Every five seconds there's someone in her fucking space and she turns yeah. around into them. Yeah. I think you, so lazy. you get on a point there. Like I said at the start, I don't see the need for this, this movie to be PG-13 when you're dealing with some fairly seedy shit anyway. Yeah, um, the idea of the school teacher yeah. and the... Yeah, so, well, you know, just go with it and, and try and appease that crowd. Uh, but, yeah, like you said, fucking tell your friends to stamp their feet before yeah. they walk up. You know, walk Wear up a or fucking bell or Wear, something around your neck. or something, yeah. you know? No more wrestling shoes, you pricks. Oh, God. All right, the dislikes. I found all the um, characters to be interchangeable. They were identical. Yeah. I don't yeah. remember any of their names. Yeah. I know nothing about any of them. Even Nor the, did I even care. Even the final girl. She yeah. was just... The only reason you remembered her was because she was on the screen a bit longer than everyone else. Yeah. She was totally bland, boring. There was just nothing to her. There was just nothing. Absolutely nothing. You know, oh, we found out oh, she watched her parents die. That should be something that sort of gets your emotions going, that gets you behind this girl. Yeah. It just got nothing. It just got absolutely nothing. And, and throughout because, the movie, there's no progression for her. But that's because she looks no different and acts no different to fucking girlfriend A who looks and acts no different to girlfriend B. They're all the yeah. fucking same. She supposedly sort of got these issues about this, but she's got no fucking dramas about running out on prom night. And like you said, she's, there's, there's no difference between her and the other characters. There's no, oh, come on, you know. We're your friends. We'll support yeah, yeah, yeah. you. She's just out there. Let's go for it. Yeah, like, and she's not sort of like. It wouldn't have been better if that she was kind of like a bit sort of agoraphobic or something. She'd become yeah. a little bit. She couldn't go out there, and this was the yeah. first time she was finally going to get out of this shell she was in. Well, no, I'll tell you what, straight in the limo, fucking <laughs> drinking piss and hanging out the fucking top. Well, I'll tell you, it might have actually given them given them excuses to get everyone off one by one because that's what they ended up doing. Yeah, at least if you had an excuse. Like, oh, shit, she's, you know, she's had a little episode, I'll go and yeah. of, I'll go after her or something like that. You know, you could have worked something out. The whole, the, yeah, how they separated both of them? I've got some, I've got some crabs. I'll go get yeah, some oh, fucking medication. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, we're, I'm having, we're having a fight. Yeah. Oh, okay, I'll go by myself. Oh, shit, I better go after yeah, her. Like, yeah, that sort of shit is fucking lazy. Yeah, it was just, there's no... There's nothing, uh, no creativity. Yeah, here. no, no, no. Big. This is a by the numbers, mate. This yeah. is a paint by it numbers slash a movie. Yeah, totally. The dialogue, quite frankly, oh. in a in a in a movie of a reasonable budget made by a major studio, the dialogue is fucking steaming from minute one. It's full of oh my gods, and you look good in that, and people yelling out other people's names. Oh, That's mate. basically it. That's it. Yeah. Well, speaking of the dialogue. 
the first 10 minutes. Dead set. Talk about show, don't tell. Yeah. Oh, um, I, I'll wait for you at cheerleading practice tomorrow. There's one more spot on the team. Yeah. yeah we're both going to go with like all this sort what of stuff. What I love about that, though, is she goes, there's only one more spot on the team. We've got to try out. We've got to keep that other girl out of it. Yeah, yeah, You yeah. Why don't you try out, you fucking twat? There's Bob. Listen, we get straight on to the psychiatrist, Dr. Exposition. <laughs> she comes out with, uh, what is she, Oh, she's talking about, oh, look, I don't need to remind you that tomorrow's, you know, the transition from no. one part of your life to the next. God. Prior to that, she's got, that, that's not even the worst part. The, the couple of minutes before that, she's just blurting out everything that's ever happened to this girl. And then, I feel sorry for the man, but a, a great, great actor yeah. like Idris, Idris Elba, Elba gets caught with lines like, Look, he was caught, put away for life, 2,300 miles away. Fuck, mate, you forgot to give us his eye colour. Yeah, his eye, yeah, yeah. His next of kin. like Stool just, sample. Just the tell whole us fucking everything. box and dice. You haven't told. What, what, Idris Elba, what are you doing in this? Yeah. Like, I can understand the young kids being in this because yeah. they, they were all CW or WB stars on telly. Yep. This guy is a fucking respected actor. Well, he He'd been the, in the wire by the time yeah, this yeah, had this been on. He had the wire under his belt. So he it's was a paycheck. It's got to have been a paycheck. Pure well, and simple. I don't know. I don't know what it could be. Maybe he was... Because at the time, there was a bit of buzz around this. I remember, shit, we both went to see it. Oh, yeah. <laughs> we, we both went to see it opening night. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Us and about four others. Yeah, yeah. But, um, but I don't know. Maybe he thought this was going to be the, the break. Maybe thankfully, you know, thankfully it hasn't hurt him because he's gone yeah. on. Yeah, maybe also it was one of these things where the wire was just ending up because the wire went for six years, didn't it? Six seasons. Yeah, started no, about it went, for, it went for five seasons, but I believe, if I recall correctly, there was quite a lengthy break between two of the seasons. So my thinking is that was a break between seasons. No, and, no, and the if, wire. I'm pretty sure the wire was close to the end. When well, maybe, it, maybe it was just I've just finished up. Yeah. They've offered me this gig. It's a reasonable pay. Let's do it. It's <laughs> fucking shite. I've read it, but so what? I get to be a cop and a... He actually, and I was getting his lines and the and the psychiatrist's lines mixed up, but I mean, even the... They're both just spewing out. Yeah, but even the like even the attempted parts at, at um, naturally expressing things about a character, like him, we find out he's a detective because the, the, the fella comes up to him and says, win. We've got something for you. That's detective win, kid. That's detective win to you, kid. It's like, seriously, just fucking cut that out and say, detective win. I've got something for you. Well, Jared, he's sitting in a fucking police station with a gun on his, in a shoulder holster and a fucking badge on his hip. You don't need to explain that he's detective anybody because he's got a fucking cop badge on. You don't need to explain it like that if you do need to explain it. Shit. Uh, But yeah, like I said, you know. You don't need to tell me this is – you don't need me to tell you this is an important transition in your life. But, fuck, I'm going to go ahead and do it anyway. Yeah, yeah. yeah. it's kind of like everything's got to be sort of force-fed to you yeah. to understand the, the situation, yeah. yet they do not then spend any time exploring any of it. Yeah. So what's the point of it? Why have we got it? It's exactly. basically just, oh, we need to have some kind of character – Traits here, so we'll just say that this, you know, she's going through a rough transition period. Da 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 da. Yeah, exactly. There's that. ways to get through that without just blurting it out. And the I don't know f- whether they speaking- just again PG thirteen whether they just thought the audience wouldn't get it some other way. But speaking of exposition, 
whilst Idris Elba's talking, we're getting flashbacks. Yes. And these are the laziest fucking flashbacks in history. you got, oh, he had thousands of notebooks, like some sort of cut rate seven. You know, I remember yeah, seven, yeah, he yeah. had all those notebooks. Yeah. And then he killed his um, cellmate and escaped. He escapes prison via through a fucking air vent in his cell. Uh, well, now who puts a fucking said? air vent in a <laughs> security prison cell? Nobody. But, but, I mean, as you said, we didn't, we didn't we need that flashback? He escaped. Fuck, it's a pretty simple movie yeah. to say he es- oh, shit, he's escaped. We don't need to see a flashback <laughs> of him sneaking into a wriggling out. <laughs> let, let like I said, you would at least hope that the prison, oh, we've got to put some air vents in here, you know, get the, get the prisoners to no, no, the prison. Put a fucking grate on the outside yeah. or something. No, 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 the prison, the prisoners, uh, you can just see that after he's escaped, they're having a debrief. Hmm, okay. What we need to do is remove the air vents from mm. the fucking maximum security prisoner's yeah, cell. Yeah. Look, I've never been to prison, right? But I'm going to assume your fucking cell is walled up tight. Yeah. Mate, I'm... you fart in there. You stew with that shit. It doesn't and go I'm anywhere. Gonna assu- I'm going to assume, again, assumptions. It doesn't sneak out the vent. Assumptions, assumptions because we haven't been to prison. And I'm, look, I'm not planning on going no. there anytime soon. I would assume that if you are going to put air vents, you'd probably have some sort of setup where you could put grates that aren't big enough for a bloke to crawl through. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Maybe. <laughs> Yeah. So, again, it was just one of those moments where you're like, you didn't need to show that, and all it did was open this... It was just an invitation to ridicule. Like exactly. Because you didn't need that. All you need to know is he escaped. How? Yeah. We don't know. Yeah. It's it's pretty fucking simple. <sighs> Jesus Christ. You're getting upset. Oh, I am, because this is lazy. This is a movie where some money's invested. Mm. Thankfully, I've had, a, I've had a beer or two, so I'm sort of a bit relaxed yeah. at the moment. One you're starting to sweat. There <laughs> got fucking grinding teeth and bloody <laughs> carry it on. You look at the other prom night we just covered. Budget of $1.6 million Canadian, right? There's no money in that. That's not money. That's not big money. That is your spuds and burger that you're trying to put out in the drive-ins and the, and the you know in the grindhouse sort of area. Yeah. This has some money. $20 million yeah. is nothing to sneeze at. Now, there's some reasonable actors, people who have had movie experience who are in this movie. What in the world, uh, who, who, who they decided to get, and I want to know who in this fucking studio... <laughs> Looks at that script and says, "Yeah, this is a good. This is good enough to film." Do you want to know, or do you just want to just want to let it let it slide? Do you want to know anything more about this movie? Fuck no, I don't <laughs> want to know anything more about it. But you're right. Somebody, uh, somebody like, has to say yes to this. People, people read these scripts and have lengthy meetings about what oh, we got notes we'll give you notes on and producers will put their notes on no it. producer at any stage went mm, I've read this and quite frankly there's not much here <laughs> no I think this is one of those classic examples of it's 20 million bucks we'll get that on opening yeah. weekend because well, it's a slasher movie and it's for the young kids it's kind of like you said like the first thing I thought about when I finished it, was they did? Why did they use the name? Because it's not a remake of Prom Night. It's just another. It's just another movie with a prom. Yeah. They didn't need the name. So, was it just a case where they had something close enough and traded on the name to try and get a few more 
few more dollars in. Maybe. I don't know, but... The cynic uh, in me thinks yes. That's yeah. it. And my problem with that is you're spending $20 million and you've supposedly got all these people who know what they're talking about. And I think it's sad that filmmakers and that will just go, yeah, yeah, look, no, it'll make its money back. Yeah. We don't have to worry about how good this is because it's it's not it's a it's an easy money spinner for us. And it was, it's profitable. Yeah. Can I just throw this out there? There's yeah. a spike the punch gag <laughs> where one of the guys is walking into the prom and the teacher bails him up and takes Goes a bottle. It's two thousand and eight. <laughs> it's not fucking nineteen eighty two. Right? He Nobody's thought, spiking the punch. Case in point, everybody seems to be drinking from the bar. <laughs> so why would they need to spike the punch? What's the... Oh, well, like we, like we were saying, it's 2008. We all know they're probably all on ecstasy. <laughs> Jesus. Kids yeah. these days. Yeah, they're all at the bar drinking water. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'll just have a... I'll just have a um, yeah, water. I'll just have a glass of water and uh, just a couple of those glow sticks. <laughs> You got any glow sticks? What about a whistle? A whistle? <laughs> Fuck. Because there's no mystery either to who the murderer is, it doesn't even keep you invested to find out the shitty reasoning behind the killer's motives because yeah. we already know his motives from the start. We've seen the guy from day, minute, dot. Yeah. We know who he is. And that kind of saps any chance of you sort of feeling... No, looking at characters and thinking, oh, is that a red herring or not? Yeah, not even well, trying. When it's, when it's a pretty weak, like it is, at least that would have kept you invested in some way that you were trying to guess who it was. And it might keep you watching. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think so. <laughs> uh, just, Why have you hit the fast forward there's button? There's just so <laughs> many sort of... Moments in this movie where you're just scratching your head and go, why? Yeah. Case in point, he needs the master key. Yep. So he, Which he, I said, I, I thought, you know, getting the master key is cliched fair, but I thought, it, okay, yeah. that, that works. In the setting, Yeah. They had the, they had the whole prom and everything at the hotel, which was not a bad setup. So master key, yep, okay, I'm down with that. That works. I can get down with that too. Yep. But. But how he acquires the master, master key. key. He looks over and he sees there's the... Uh, the maid? Yeah. He knows, obviously, she's got a master key. Brilliant deduction sketch. <laughs> that's, why, then, that's why you're a mastermind. He gets out his knife and he thinks, obviously, the first thing he goes to his mind is, I better fuck up my key so I can't get in. She has to use the master. Good idea. Again, sketch. He gets his knife. He scratches the absolute fuck out of it. It looks like he... He cut the thing in half. Yeah. Then he comes over and he goes, my car's, he goes, excuse me, my car's not working. She comes over and she goes, she tries it. Oh, here's the problem. There's a scratch on it. Yeah. Really? Yeah. Here's ah. the problem. Somebody has absolutely gone to town. Somebody took a car. butcher's knife to your car. Yeah. But the, you know, the, the funny thing is, is after she opens the door, he goes, oh, and can I get some more towels? Why did he just say that in the first place? Yeah, can I please hey, get some hey, fresh towels? Hey, can I get some more towels in this room? Yeah. And then she walks in the room with the towels. Boom. I mean, fuck. You went through all that rigmarole of, <laughs> of him going at the knife like a fiddler's elbow. Like, you know. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Look, 
again, it's a head scratcher. You just lost. You don't know why they chose this this move yeah. that they've got. What I love too is the um, some of the classic sort of cliche stuff where the mother at home, the stepmother. Yeah. You know how in the, in the movies um, someone says something that, you know, the killer's escaped or whatever, and there's always a slow-mo drop a, drop a glass? Yeah, or, yeah. She she's that. holding a fucking oh. massive serving know, dish. Look, it was a plate. Yeah, yeah. She dropped a plate or a dish. She didn't drop a glass. But then, I mean, after that, they're debating whether to go to the hotel. Yeah. And she says, he says, police have said there's no reason why he might turn up here. Oh, yeah, yeah. He was fucking obsessed, yeah. of course. Um, we've, made, we've made so much progress. Uh, let's just leave it there. Let's just let, let the police handle it. Bullshit. If you have any fucking concern, you're getting in there. Hang on, hang on. We've made so much progress. So what we'll do is we'll put her at the mercy of a possible serial killer. Exactly. Maybe not undo that progress. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, we've made so much progress. Let's just let it, you know, we'll, we'll roll the dice. Fucking. If she survives, Spare we'll dice continue the progress. <laughs> but, yeah, just the way he says, oh, the police have said there's, there's possibly, there's nothing to believe that he would turn up here. No, He's no, fucking harboured obsession for your daughter and killed her family. Yeah, yeah, he he's killed her family. He's been stewing in jail with, you know, of course, spouting Heavily. stuff like "you belong to me." Yeah, yeah. yeah. He's been oh, sp- well, fuck. Why would he turn up? There's no reason for him to, no to come here. He's 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 been sitting in his air conditioned cell. Oh shit! You know, his air vented cell, stewing about this. Yeah, yeah. Look, no, no, no. The first thing he's going to do, fuck this. I'm getting on the run. I'm yeah, he's probably here. got family to visit. And, you know, he's probably got a fucking game of footy to watch. He is not there. coming back not to coming this here. hotel on prom night incognito with just a hat on. <laughs> Yes. I'm having a show. Incognito. Just Incognito, uh, which involves a pair of slacks and a, and a, and a, a blazer. Which, look, okay, that looks all right. You've had a shave. You've, you've scrubbed up all right. Uh, what better way to stay incognito than get a black baseball cap and pull it as far down over your face as you possibly can? And Jared- While you're checking in and while people are walking around, the students are walking around you. What's this fucking bloke doing strutting around with a black baseball cap pulled down over the top half of his head? No, no, we don't know who this bloke is. Incognito. Jared. Now, Fenton is obviously a lunatic, right? Yes. But he's a teacher, so he's a fairly smart lunatic, we assume. Well, oh, he's keeping he's keeping journals. Oh, <laughs> come on, he can write. <laughs> we look. He attended he attended uni for three years. <laughs> spent what? most of his time at the uni bar. Yeah. But his, his qualification. <laughs> it's beer soaked, <laughs> similar to ours. But, um, if I'm a fucking killer, right, and I want to blend in, I I want to be a simple a, a person who just blends in with the crowd, right. I am not fucking mumbling under my breath and shit when I'm at the at the counter and fucking going, yeah, yeah. twitching and carrying on with this. Standing in, in the black hat, yeah. pulled down. Looking down at the ground. Looking <laughs> sideways and leering. Looking, and, you know, <laughs> sneaking behind a door. <laughs> yeah, constantly fucking flattening myself up against <laughs> bollards and shit. So now it's like, I'm not doing that. Because the hotel staff are going... Who the fuck is this guy? Yeah, there's time the, to get rid of him. There is a little bit of the Superman, uh, the Superman syndrome too, where it's like uh, my favorite is the is the guy that's checked him in, 
who's probably got the best look at his face of anyone that was still living in the mm. movie. Yeah. And he checks him in. Oh, Mr. So-and-so, we're going to need you, you know, we're going to need your signature there, blah, blah, blah. Then, you know, 10 minutes later, Idris Elba rocks up. Have you seen, Have you this, seen guy? this guy? It's a picture of him just with the beard. No, no, no haven't seen him. <laughs> Seriously? Yeah, like, you looked on. fucking directly at the guy. Yeah, not looking at... Oh, Oh, shit, he looks a little bit like the guy that was here with a black hat on. Yeah. And it was, you know. He mumbled to him. He was he mumbling mumbling to about murder. And then, he, then, he, <laughs> then he kind of shifted over to a bollard, <laughs> leaned up against and it. And then he, he leaned up against it. Then he tiptoed sideways. <laughs> out of eye shot. Eye shot. It's just like, come on. And then the, the, um, the best friend, she walks past him and, like, looks at him and goes, Oh, I swear I've seen I swear, him. Oh, he looks familiar. It takes a, you know, a good five to ten to get it. It's like, come on. Presumably you were in the same school or the same, possibly the same class. If not the same class, you know what the guy looks like. The beard is not going to cause that much problems with identifying the fucking block. <laughs> Surely. No, it's not. And getting back to the fact that there's no gore, and yeah. we're trying to use jump scares, which we are lathering on <laughs> thick and fast, and they are not working. None of them work. The hotel suite they're in, which, honest to goodness, looks like the fucking hive, has creeks, more creeks and groves. It sounds like the hull of a ship or a fucking medieval castle. Yeah, yeah, but there's works going no, on in the desert, not- eh? Fucking work! There were doves in those works too. Where were their holes? Was it not fully encased? Because there was a fucking flock of doves at one point. There was. I don't understand where the doves came from. Hey mate, even the highest got doves. They just mask it well. You know, they don't, you don't find the pigeons, but they're Mate, there. That that uh, those that, that flock of doves took off and just shat all over me on, <laughs> with regards to this movie. Shat all over the script. Oh man! Uh, uh, I, uh, another question for you. Yeah. The black couple. Yeah. Who are going for prom king, prom queen? Yeah. That um the the DJ sounds like Dave Chappelle. <laughs> He says, I'll be back in 15 minutes and then I'll announce who's prom, prom king and prom queen. Yeah. Now, these guys, the only dialogue they've had in the entire movie is about how she wants to be prom queen and the he, other I'm going to be a king, the other chick's a bitch and whatever. And, of course, five minutes before Dave Chappelle reappears, they piss off upstairs for a route. Yeah. Well, I mean, it is horror movie. I know. You see, if, if we're in the same sort of... Same sort of, uh, you know, uh, ballpark as Halloween and, and Friday the 13th. We, that's enough to get, get two or three in there. Yeah, but hang on, though. In Halloween, they weren't waiting for the opening of an envelope. I, <laughs> yeah. I want to find out who's prom king before no, I go. No, but you this, said, so I can go, who's the king? Look, during the look, act. do the math. <laughs> five, five minutes, you said. If we're going by Halloween five times, I mean, uh, Friday the 13th five timings, that's two minutes to get upstairs, 20 <laughs> seconds to get undressed, 20 seconds yeah. job done, 20 seconds to get dressed again, nah, two he, minutes back to yeah. <laughs> yeah, in fact, it is the 30 seconds to wash up. Oh, well, I forgot the washing up. And... 
<laughs> Even then, you've still got a minute and a half to get back there, Yeah, look, uh, simple so fact they're is... they're working on horror movie time. Simple, simple fact is, Jared, I want to find out if I'm the king, right? Before I go upstairs and start... Look, I'll break it to you. Get down. <laughs> yeah, you're not the king. <laughs> <laughs> you're the bloke in the corner that never realistically had a chance, but they put on the bills to help, help your self-esteem. <laughs> And then everyone knows that except you. Yeah, and when they read it out, you're going, fuck. Those guys. <laughs> it was rigged. This is rigged. <laughs> yeah, I'm doing the old Rowan Atkinson. Oh, shit. Yeah, so you're the bloke in the Jared. corner saying, look, I know I've got a chance. Jared. Just don't put me on there. Those two characters spent the whole fucking movie talking about wanting to be problem queen, problem queen. Yeah. Wait to hear if you are before <laughs> yeah. you go upstairs to get some action. <laughs> now, the <laughs> movie. Jared. Yeah, look. The movie could have still had them get killed upstairs or when they run down to the mezzanine level. And there's that ridiculous bit where she's running around the. With the doves and shit. Yeah. And then he, he, the elevator comes down and opens and he's just standing there and he starts going, starts yelling out a name and then suddenly the doors just go, and just close <laughs> he fucking disappears. <laughs> he doesn't even walk out. Look, you are 100% right. Their characters are just there to to do that. They're, all they're talking about is... is only yeah, prom king, prom king. Uh, and and oh, that chick can't have the other spot as yeah. a cheerleader because she's a so bitch. So you are extremely correct. It, it seems like a very strange time for them to disappear. Wait, wait before yes. you go upstairs. Yeah, just give it, a, give it fucking ten minutes, mate. Yeah. Okay. There is also one uh, final moment that I can't let go by. When she's being chased by him, I think it's still in the hotel, mm. she hides under the bed. Right? Yeah. And she's hiding under the bed and she's got a hand over her mouth to stop the, you know. Yeah. Now, um, I think you can breathe quietly. You probably don't need to put your hands over your mouth. <laughs> but he walks off. She then looks this way. There is a corpse <laughs> this close to her. You try, this movie is trying to <laughs> tell me that she's been laying there and hasn't realised there's a corpse within fucking arm distance. Well, she crawled under there. You would have noticed then. Ah! <laughs> <laughs> I'm rolling straight back out. Sketch is playing hide the corpse. <laughs> They're everywhere. There's one in the bath. There's one under the bed. There's one there's in the one air bed. One in the air bed. <laughs> one in the closet, maybe. If, <laughs> if they didn't find it, I'm sure there's still waiting to be found. There's a guy who falls out of the um, uh, the small cabinet exactly, <laughs> next yeah. to the, the beer fridge. Or so, I don't know. But, you're yeah, you're right. If she's crawled under there, she has noticed it. Mm. So, good. You just work on your jump scares. <laughs> yeah, I can't. Go any further. You can't go any further. I've got. Have you got more? I've got a couple more. Shit. The slip down the stairs. You know, when the when the um the the black girl is running to the mezzanine. Yeah. And blows an ankle. Yeah. The the elevators. I mean, they're not going quick enough, so she runs into the stairs, and of course, scatches there. But she just bolts down the stairs in high heels and goes for a tumble. That's like wolf. Like, what did you think was going to happen? Take your shoes off. Yeah, yeah, something like that. It was just another another one of those sort of convenient moments that was just a. Uh, it was just 
again, death by a thousand cuts. There was just yeah. far too many stupid things like that happening. Yeah. In the in the elevator, when the three girls are going up. Yeah, and the guys are going, hey, ladies, you want to come into our room? Yeah. 601. These guys, that look, they were 30s. Were they not? They were, look, I'm placing them in their 30s. Yeah. One of them looked 40 odd. They are leering and propositioning high school girls. Yeah, but what's high school in America? Is that well, what they Well, shit. They're not high school. I mean, somebody know, please get in contact with them. <coughs> we know they're not. We know them. Um, well, certainly. We know those girls whilst they're playing those roles weren't all yeah, high school yeah. girls. But that sort of shit's not. Yeah. Again, you're doing this in a PG 13. Like, why do you have to so have you can't, leery... you can't have blood and guts, but you can have leery assholes in yeah, elevators you can have... propositioning high school yeah, girls. Yeah, exactly. And like... teachers crapping on about how we belong together with other high school So kids. that was, again, in addition to that, like, why are you doing this in a, in a PG 13? But the gore's a bit too much. Gore's a bit much, but it's okay to have, you know, dirty sort of. You know, dirty old blokes propositioning and high school girls. there's no works. payoff on that either. Like, Sketch is in the elevator with them. Yeah. That's a payoff for me. Yeah, he gets exactly. one of them later. Exactly. They are um, an example of a, of a of an immoral type. That's And they're propositioning home. his girl. Yeah, He's exactly. propositioned. Uh, exactly. well, he's he's getting the, that head. He's in, the, he's in the wrong as well. But... Yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> Final, my final dislike was Fuck, this, this podcast is almost an hour and a half. Oh, Jesus. And most of it is this. This shit. It's, uh, again, it's your fault. <laughs> you, you you want me to keep it short, but then you give me the bloody worst movie <laughs> in the world. Um, the final dislike was pulling the fire alarm. I can see, okay, I can see why, yeah, maybe we'll pull the fire alarm. It complicated things when everyone's in the lobby, so Sketch has a place to sort of get in there and sort of find his way around or whatever he needs to do. But the final girl goes upstairs by herself in the elevator. I need my shawl. Look. Fuck well, the shawl. Try it. <laughs> fuck the shawl. If it's burning, it's burning, okay? <laughs> but secondly, if you've pulled the fire alarm, where's the fucking warden or someone saying, you're not going upstairs? Yeah. Especially not by yourself. At least grab a friend or something. Yeah, something, anyway. But, you know, this is it's just, again, another one of these moments where it's, okay, suspension of disbelief, but at what point can you believe that there is a, a large hotel being emptied, that the elevators are just free for her to walk into yeah, for and, one? Yeah, and, you know, I believe fire alarms, the elevators don't work. Yeah, well, there's, there's, yeah, yeah, exactly. So there's, there's that for one. Secondly is that there is nobody there saying, nah, uh you're not going back up, you're going out. Because, I mean, shit, we've both worked in large buildings, and I've actually... Been, I haven't really worked. Oh, look, listen, listen, <laughs> I've been mate. in them. <laughs> I've, been, uh, I've, I've snuck into a deputy warden role on occasion. Oh, have you? Yeah, you are told to tell people to go and, and, and to fucking F off, basically. You're not allowed to physically stop people, but there's somebody got to be there saying, no, get out, yeah. you know? Oh, I want to go get me shawl. Well, if you really want to go and get your fucking shawl, that's your funeral. But, I mean, seriously, of all the ways to separate this girl. But that person at the at the stairs could have said, look, the building's not on fire. Some dipshit cop has fucking pulled the yeah, fire Yeah, up. exactly. I mean, there's just all these 
the suspension of disbelief just goes way too far. Yeah. I mean, you, oh, you cannot believe that. Even if you haven't worked in a building where there's been a fucking fire alarm, you know that you're not going back upstairs. If well, you're half I, afraid. I don't believe this movie. <laughs> <laughs> I do not believe this movie. What do I hate? I'm, I'm getting go- angry about I'm a fire alarm being to- pulled. This is far too much investment in this shit. I'm going to say what a- another podcast I listen to says about shit movies. The podcast is called Devour the Podcast. It's a horror podcast. Check it out. It's good. Fuck this movie. <laughs> no, fuck this movie. Um, well, can I just say fuck you because you you were <laughs> on the table. Yeah, look, that's it. We will take a break <laughs> and we will come back. But that's enough of prom night. I've enjoyed the evening. I got shit-faced at the second prom night. <laughs> right? Okay? I was in the corner. First night I was look, dancing up a store fucking doing swimming moves look, with knees up. I'll tell you, the first the first prom... That's where I got shit-faced. The second prom, I was sobering up and I was absolutely just filthy that I could not get a dance with anyone. So I was sitting in the corner, stewing, yelling and carrying on. Okay, okay. Let's take a break and then come back and let everyone know what our next episode's going to be. Like a bad hangover that fucking, that double bill has been. <laughs> I have had to accept the, uh, that I brought that out. I've taken the responsibility. <laughs> so I'm going to put the next movie on Jared's head. And unlike you, I'm going to carefully consider it. Yeah, so we, we, we have decided to hold back to let people know what we're going to do because Jared's in consideration mode. The moment he does not want to fuck up here. I can't think after my brain's been sanded back by that, that <laughs> double bill that we just went through. So, no, sorry, removing the first one. The first one's all right. First one's all right. Remake sanded my brain back. Yes. So, not much to sand. Keep you keep an eye out on the Facebook page because we'll let you know what the coming soon episode is after Jared sort of gets his has his pontification and works out <laughs> what he's going to do. If you want to get in touch with us, we really appreciate your feedback. Um, Get to us on the Facebook page at Thrill Me Podcast Australia or contact us via email at thrillme at iinet.net.au and we really appreciate anyone to get in touch with us um, and give us a a movie you want us to watch uh, or just comment on some of these movies, e.g. talk about Prom Night, if you like. No one's doing that. Okay. But uh, either way, we'd love to hear from you. Until next episode. Mm. Enjoy your movies, keep listening to the podcast, and we'll catch up with you soon. Cheers. Find the podcast at Podomatic or on iTunes. Don't forget to rate and review. Like us on Facebook at Thrill Me Podcast Australia or contact us at Thrill Me, all one word, all lowercase, at iinet.net.au.